no world far beneath the crust of the earth. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Hi, welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Jeremy, and with me, as always, is... It's me, Michael. Jeremy, how the heck are you? I'm doing all right. I have a little tightness in the old sacroiliac joint, but I'm doing all right mm-hmm. besides that. <laughs> uh, I'm ahead on my books as we are officially halfway through the year. Oh, yeah, that's um, true. As of today, as we record this, yeah, yes. halfway through the year. I am uh, 16 down. And the goal this year is? 30 as always. 30 as always, okay. Well. So last year my goal was to uh, up the page count, and this year I have uh, certain events happening in uh, oh, 10-ish weeks. Right, right. yeah. Uh, 10, 11 weeks, something like that, that uh, are going to prevent me from reading as much. So I'm going to try and match from last year. But okay. Hopefully that should be pretty good. Sounds reasonable. I'd like to think so, but you never know. Uh, but enough of that, Michael. Why don't you uh, hit me with the beer brag, sir? Jeremy, I'm actually going to go some beer bombs. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I was at a local, I think it's a chain of tap rooms. Crab shacks? <laughs> I think it's called a, well, yeah, a crab shack here <laughs> in the Midwest. I think it's called World of Beer, maybe? In any case, okay. I had a flight there not too long ago, um, some of which I think I bragged about already. But um, in designing that flight, I had an interesting encounter with one of the bartenders there. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, or at least it was unusual service, but I, I think she kind of spared us. And I can't remember who made this beer, but there was a, a mint chocolate stout beer. Interesting. And um, we tried to get it for the flight, and the bartender was just like, no. Like, straight up, no. Like, <laughs> Is it from Avery? Avery? I want to say it was around here. Mobcraft? It could have been Mobcraft, actually. I, I can't I can't say that for sure, though. But South Shore Brewer. I'm, you see, Michael, all you got to do is... Just Google it. Well, I don't, here's the thing, though. The beer gets disparaged here. Um, mm. So, the yeah, the bartender was just like, no, very sternly. And we thought, oh, it was like... Is it, are you out of it or something wrong with the tap or something? She's like, uh, everybody always sends that back. It tastes, it tastes bad. It tastes like (laughs) uh, thin mint Girl Scout cookies, but like not beer. It's way too sweet. It's syrupy. Interesting. And she's like, here, try it. And then she gave us a sample and yeah, it was not very good. Mm. So I dodged a bullet there. Then also, this is the place I talked about this before. They have an infuser tap line too. Yeah. Okay. I remember this now. So last time I think it was like oranges on maybe Sierra Nevada or some IPA, you know, West Coast IPA. Was this the reason why we did the French press? I think. Yeah. Okay. So this time they had spotted cow and mm. blueberries and apples in the infuser. Interesting. That was our reaction too. We're like, oh, that sounds pretty good. And so we asked for that one in the <laughs> uh, in the flight. And she's like, oh, you might want to try that one first before you uh-huh. order it. Poured us a sample. And sure enough, it was um, weird. It was like the worst parts of the fruit and the worst mm-hmm. parts of the spotted cow coming together to make not such a great taste. Interesting. So, I uh, so I guess we dodged two bullets there, but I thought it was a very interesting approach to bartending to please don't buy our beer. Yeah, to not recommend certain beers. Yeah, I think so, we ended up tipping her a little extra because she essentially saved us two bad beers. So I'm curious here. Then, do we think that this is a ploy by the bar to have like 
a big shiny dangly thing off there that they know tastes like crap. <laughs> I bet the infuser thing is hit or miss. Well, sure. So that that one I can see. Yeah, it kind of is what it is. Sometimes it'll be good. Sometimes maybe not so much. Of course, mm-hmm. there's always going to be somebody out there who likes it. And anyway, so. And I'm sure maybe they can like just disconnect it if it's really bad. And oh sure, because it doesn't all get infused at once. It like runs through the line, and uh-huh. so uh, it's a really cool looking thing, though. I, I imagine. Uh, what would you think about this combination? Lemon tea leaves and Bud Light. Hmm. Is this part of your beer bag, or is this something? No, this is not. This is something that I just saw on TV and looked up. On TV. They're advertised. This... It's an, it's it was an advertisement. You know how they have like the Bud Light lime. Yeah. So this is commercial product. This is yes. Uh, oh, it came wow. out apparently on April 29. What is it called? Like Bud Light lemon tea. Yes, that's exactly what it's called. <laughs> uh, per the press release, the light lager is brewed with real lemon peels, aged tea leaves, and has an authentic zesty flavor. Though the authentic, official launches for April 29, a number of customers have already gotten their hands on the brew, so you may want to start checking the grocery aisle. According to the vice president of marketing, Andy Goler, the brand is hoping the limited edition drinks, quote, yeah. unique taste profile, end quote, will draw a new crowd to the Bud Light family. Uh, long tail marketing. Yeah. yeah. And then they have a bunch of uh, what are probably bogus tweets. <laughs> oh, yeah. About uh, how great it is. And it, I don't know, man. This just looks like it looks disgusting. It's probably really ham fisted, I'm presuming. They, so, I mean, eventually we're going to end up drinking this crap. That's, yeah. Uh, you know, if it makes it its way onto the show, maybe we'll be doing a service. But, uh, I mean, on on top of that, I think that... And, hey, unnamed third party. <laughs> so the the cans in this are the the tallish Red Bull-styled slim cans. Okay. It's, it's a standard 12-ounce one, but it's got, like, the proportions of, like, a tall boy. Do we think that they make those cans slimmer to pull in the female crowd or those that might be, like, looking to watch their calories? Michael, what do you think? I think so. I think that's... Didn't, like, Tab Cola do that? Yes. Yeah. Not of agreement on that. Yeah, okay. So it's not just two dudes saying that, but yeah. yeah. Yes, no, uh, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's, I don't appreciate this, but something that I do appreciate, how about that pivot, is yeah. uh, my beer brag. It's may come into play again later from Single Speed Brewing Company in Waterloo, Iowa. They're nimble oh. 04. Is this the one you texted me about? Yes, it is the one I texted you about. Okay, yes. This is Ocelot Coffee-Infused Milkshake IPA. Here's the color text on it. Another nimble series cycle has come and gone. The time to provide a fresh sample in a jar has arrived. I don't know about this. I really should have read this before I started it. Nimble Series 04 brings together a few of our favorite independent flavors. The single origin coffee from Guatemala stands center stage, but there's more to the tale of this milkshake-inspired IPA than simply iced coffee. Fruity hop notes and a cool cocoa, vanilla, and lactose-driven sweetness work with the locally roasted coffee to create a beer that is fully equipped to prance with the beasts and parade every night. <laughs> Won't you come out to play? Uh, it's got mosaic Huel melon hops, oh. uh, lactose, flaked barley, vanilla coffee, and Ecuadorian cacao nibs. Have you had a coffee IPA, Michael? No, I've not. And I think this is a newer trend is bringing in flavors that were traditionally in stouts 
mm-hmm. and putting them in IPAs like in the last year or so, I think this has become more and more prevalent. So some of the other ones they have are like American PAs. They had a Norwegian pale ale that was, I remember being pretty good. And I feel, did we do Arctic Fox on the uh, show? For single speed, we did Tip the Cow. Tip the Cow, that's right. I don't know how much of a coffee fiend you are, Michael, or if you are a fan of the fancier coffees that one would get at a nice coffee shop. Right. But one of the things that I've noticed when I get like the conversation brew at the Java house before work, let's say, mm-hmm. is there will be coffees that are roasted as such, or they just have, you know, a unique bean profile. I don't know enough about it to be definitive, but they have them where it's like kind of like a weird stone fruit taste in the coffee. Mm, okay. And this has that in spades. It's real weird. Okay. I I have had one in a glass and I've had one straight out of the can and you definitely need to have this one out of a snifter. I would recommend it for those that are, if you're at all curious about it, it's it's exactly what it sounds like, but they kind of pull it off. Okay, okay. I don't know if this is a year-round thing. In fact, I don't think it is. But if I can get more of this, I might try to save one or two. It's weird, and I can't quite put it into words outside of just saying it's weird. Interesting, yeah. I, it's weird to imagine those two flavors merging, like when you think the classic styles mm-hmm. of each of them coffee and IPA but you mentioned stone fruit and like there maybe is a little bit of overlap there that you can kind of harmonize enough to make it work and on top of that it kind of feels like they use the bitterness of both coffee and the hops kind of provide that link between the two parts of the beer to a unique Mm -hmm. kind of a bitterness and then it's the coffee is right up front and then the the fruitiness of the hops comes in the back end, which feels backwards, but it works. I, I dig it. I dig it. Check it out if you can find it. That is good, Jeremy. So you just had an, an Iowa brew, and uh, we're going to be continuing with another Iowa brew later in the show, um, which might have similar features, I guess you could say. I've, I've not had the one that we're having tonight. Okay. Oh, good. Um, but before we get to our destination, Jeremy, Jeremy, talk a big Iowa game. Oh, boy. Um, I have a very straightforward quiz for you about Iowa to see how much you know about it. And it's, it's straightforward because it's all about the Iowa State symbols. Not Iowa State. The state of Iowa symbols. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> I would take a swing at you if you uh, brought an <laughs> Iowa State <laughs> University quiz in here. It's Trigger word. It's, it's one of the axes of evil, Michael. <laughs> I have no qualms right. about bringing that up. But onward with the quiz. Oh, and I have a bonus question that I made up to. Oh, wonderful. That just sounds great. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, let, let's just try it. Hit me. State bird. Goldfinch. Yeah, American goldfinch, yes, yes. State flower. Oh, God. I used to know. It's, it's something weird. Ooh. I think. Uh, lilacs, I don't know. <laughs> I'm bad it with is, flowers. It is the wild rose. Oh, yeah, I never would have got that. State Rock. There's a state rock. <laughs> yeah. uh, I kind of wonder how many states have this as theirs. I I mean, I'm assuming it's just Slipknot. <laughs> is it uh is it the the uh the mighty geode? It is. I I can't take credit for that. I have to give that to unnamed third party. Oh, okay. Yeah, whenever I think of geodes, I think of Martin Prince bringing a geode on the bus. <laughs> in that Simpsons uh-huh. episode. Yeah. 
What 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 is a geode? Is is it just like crystal inside a rock? That I was looking at that, then I didn't look closely enough to exactly figure it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> but as far as I know, that's what it is. I feel like unnamed third party might just start like throwing stuff at me if I keep asking such idiotic questions. <laughs> um state tree. Pin oak. <laughs> I don't know. Uh oak? Is it just oak? What's a pin oak? Is that an oak? It is an oak tree. Uh, the only reason why I know pin oak is because we had one in the backyard and the wind blew all the leaves into the driveway. And it was a massive pain to rake them up because the driveway is gravel. <laughs> My dad's been threatening to cut down for like 20 years now. But yet it stands? Uh, I, I mean, to the best of my knowledge. As far as you know. As far as I know. It, I've always liked the tree. I think it's a good tree. They're like, uh, they're like really thin, about six, seven inches in diameter. But, yeah. It just makes for hard raking. It does make for hard raking. And I feel like it just keeps dumping leaves for about six months out of the year. Like, well into the winter time. <laughs> oh, you know what? My neighbors might have had one of those. Yeah, because it was like, I don't know if it was a pin oak, but they had a big oak tree mm-hmm. that dumped. <laughs> it was like winter, and like you'd have a sheet of snow, and then you'd have windy day, and all of a sudden there'd be all uh-huh. these leaves on top of this white snow. Okay, time for Michael's. Bonus question. I guess I have to phrase this differently because I don't know of any other cities like this. I know there is one. Okay. Can you name a city west of the Missouri in Iowa? Oh, I know the answer to this. Oh. Do you know of this, though? Oh, yeah. I, I, I know. It's it's by Omaha, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. It's just north of Omaha on I-30-29. Yeah. Is, yep. is it Loveland? It is not Loveland. You were really close, though. I, I know. I BB BB Town. Not BB Town. Am I at least getting close with the the towns? The two you named, I have never heard of, but you're like right around it. Well, it's it's because when we would go over to see the family that lived in Omaha, we would take six eighty around because it's easier to get into North Omaha. Oh yeah. Going to go see cousin of the show, by the way. Oh yeah. It is called Carter Lake. God dog. <sighs> Yep. It, it was... I, 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 I know I know of it. This is... Yeah. So, it, you know, the river had a really narrow bend that surrounded the city, and there was a big flood in the late 1800s, pinching off the uh, bend into an oxbow lake. You said pinching off. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that, actually. It is kind of like that, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it became west of the Missouri. There was a Supreme Court case in the early... 1900s that said it's still part of Iowa. And, D- despite uh, being surrounded on all sides by Nebraska. Yes. Well, there is, yeah, well, essentially. Well, almost. Because it's right yeah. by the airport. I know that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So it's bizarre. So you can drive on this, it looks like a locust street, start yeah, in Nebraska, yeah. drive through Iowa for about... Mm, a block and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A few blocks and then end up in Nebraska again on your way to the airport. Yeah. What if there's some can smuggle cigarettes or something like on the border? It's like cheapest cigarettes. The c- the cigarettes have less tax in Iowa or Nebraska. Yeah, something like that. Oh, uh, do you know the state motto of Nebraska? I don't know it. It's it's the good life. Okay. And Tim Casher, a cursive, who you may or may not have heard of band-wise. He also has a side band out of Omaha called The Good Life, and they actually have a song where he says, we took a trip to Iowa for more alcohol or something like that. It's the song Lovers Need Lawyers, and and it's about how the bars close later in Iowa than they do in uh, in Nebraska. (laughs) 
So maybe that's valid here too. Mm-hmm. So there's that today in a random uh... random facts. Yeah, I love little quirks like these. There's uh-huh. some, there's bits of Illinois that are technically west of the Mississippi. Yep. There's that big old wad of Minnesota that's surrounded by Canada. Uh huh. That little hangy part of Washington State that's again hanging diggle. off Canada, not the yeah, US. Yeah. Love those. Anyway, there's one in uh, our road trip series. Fun. <laughs> yeah. I do like random crap like that, Michael. Good work. But Jeremy, where are we actually headed to for the FDR in this road trip series? Michael, so this one's a bit of an oddity, and I really should have looked up how far it is and what's halfway in between, because we're doing a collaboration brew today. Yeah. We are going to either Waterloo or Decorah, Iowa. Mm-hmm. It is 62.69 miles apart, I guess as the crow flies. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Distance-cities.com. <laughs> um, we're, we're going to Pulpit Rock and aforementioned Single Speed Brewing. Yeah. Pulpit Rock out of Decorah, Single Speed out of Waterloo. So on the way, I have a few places we can stop, Jeremy. Sounds good. In Waterloo, there's... Um, <laughs> Nothings. <laughs> Well, there's there's a wrestling hall of fame, the Dan Gable Museum. That is there. I've been meaning to go to that for like a million years, and now everyone's dying. And it's <laughs> and it because they would have like uh friend of the show, TK has a number of pictures with like the late Rowdy Roddy Piper, Brett the Hitman Hart, Rick yeah. Flair, people of that nature. Wait, did Brett Hart die? No, Roddy Piper died. Right, okay. Yes, okay. Thanks for bringing uh, it up. Yeah, get it while you can. You can go to the John Deere Tractor and Engine Museum. I think I just drove past that when I went up to uh, Minnesota a couple weeks ago, actually. Or we can go to the Sistine Chapel in spray paint on the ceiling of Galleria de Paco, an Italian restaurant. <laughs> I don't know about uh, this. There's <laughs> uh, a restaurant, basically a pretty small restaurant that was spray painted to look like the Sistine Chapel on the ceiling. And the walls, and everywhere, and there's a statue of David in there, too. It seems a little busy, but it's pretty beautiful, too. I don't like this. And yeah, so... It's, oh my god. <laughs> isn't that crazy? <laughs> okay, this would be disturbing to eat in, right? Like, I'm not crazy? Right, it's just a little... There's almost too much like yeah. to look at here. And I mean, like, even... It'd be hard to focus on your food. <laughs> the, the statue of Michelangelo's David is not helping matters. <laughs> right, just smack dab in the middle it's, there. It's just right in the middle. The It looks like something my grandparents would have thought was, like, the, just the fanciest thing on the face of the earth. Right. It's uh, impressive, though. It's. I mean, it's something. He also only used spray paint to do this. <laughs> That's... Terrifying. So that's pretty skillful. Uh-huh. Um, I thought it said how many he went through, how many spray paint cans he went through. Maybe it doesn't. I'm guessing it's a lot. Uh, yeah. Um, that's that's a little, one of the more quirkier stops on our trip. And in Decora, you know, not a whole lot. There is a Vesterheim Norwegian American Museum you can stop at. Uh-huh. Uh, but I have been to one of these in real life. The Decora, Iowa Ice Cave, which features ice in summertime freaky <laughs> yeah, yeah frozen year round uh just a natural formation that's pretty cold in there and uh yeah i remember walking i don't think we went very far in it but yeah we took a step inside it's like oh yeah it's pretty cold in here <laughs> and left 
not on here, um, but it's notable because of the brewery, is the actual Pulpit Rock itself. Uh-huh. Which I think is by this ice cave, maybe, which I've been on top of. And as a child, shouted down to somebody on the bottom, had a conversation with them, and kind of drew the attention of the entire campground. Hey, it's me. It's a little Mikey. Get out of the way, Joyks. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Is You should come up here. Check it out. Michael, leave the boy alone. <laughs> I don't know. It seemed very high up at the time, mm-hmm. but maybe it wasn't that high up. Like, high up enough, if you fell off the Pulpit Rock, you'd die. Well, yeah. I mean, have we had anything from Pulpit Rock yet? I don't think so. Huh. Interesting. They, so, make, they make very good beer, and it's kind of hard to find around here. Yeah. And it's also, I think we've talked about this on the show, maybe because of a beer brag or something, but in the, the shadow of the toppling Goliath... Uh-huh. I'm sure I've talked about the uh, the minor scandal that happened when Toppling Goliath had to like cancel contracts with local bars. It's mm-hmm. the quick and dirty is uh, in order to get production and before the new brewery was built, but before they had moved moved all the canning down to Florida, Toppling Goliath basically had to cancel a lot of contracts, and it left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths around here. Mm-hmm. And some places claim that pulpit rock is better and i can't tell if it's sour grapes or just you know your yeah. your natural level of beer hipstery whenever you know something really good gets really popular or if it is actually true but i will say that they have better names okay such as little italy dave o pastel a pie ring around the goza BTO, Bachman, Turner Overdrive, and so on and so forth. Oh, Bachman. <laughs> B-O-C-K, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so which leads us to this beer, Jeremy, and officially starting the FDR where we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer. Jeremy, what are we having We're today? Do, we are doing coconut migration. I see, that's a... It's a Monty Python joke. Pond, okay, I second-guessed myself there. Yeah, but then, no, uh, you're right. Um, okay. From Single Speed's website, I have the color text for you. Go for it. This is an American double IPA rested on toasted coconut. Which is interesting. Mm. Brewing with the guys from Pulpit Rock is like taking a vacation. This time around, our destination is the tropics. If you like pina coladas and or getting caught in the rain, you're going to be feeling this beer. If you're not into either of those things, well, that sucks for you. We still recommend ordering one. Uh, We got some stats. The hops are Nugget, El Dorado, Azaka, Citra. The malts are Brewers Turo, Munich Tenel. This is an East Coast DIPA yeast strain. The other is toasted coconut flaked barley dextrose, an IBU of 75, an OG of 1.070, and an ABV of 7.4. Michael, let's let's get after it. Yeah, let's go in. Interesting. Dextrose in there. The kind of malt liquoring it up a little bit. A little. Well, I mean, pina coladas and so on. Right. I'm curious about this one. I've heard nothing but good things, which is why I got it, but... Yeah, I, I've yet to have it because, as, as we've said, it's kind of hard to find pulpit rock yeah. stuff around here. And it's kind of fitting into like your beer brag. The uh, IPAs are the IPAs that take ingredients more traditionally found in stouts. We've gone nanners. Yeah, right. Or coconuts. Or co- yeah. Oh man, I re- I really blew that. I could have said yeah, you're cuckoo yeah, for yeah. coconuts. <laughs> yeah. So it, it pours like a hazy IPA, really. Uh huh. Pretty frothy, uh, pretty hazy, kind of an orangey, yellow, pale color, obviously. Smell quickly. Smells like a uh, smells like an IPA more than coconut. I was going to say that too. It smells more like a 
Yeah, hazy type IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy, if you haven't gone in, why don't you go in and I have not. Go ahead and tell us what you think. Papa Rock Brewing logo also very cool as it is a Viking ship. Oh man, uh, kind of a wood carving. Isn't that what it's called? A wood uh, relief. Relief bias. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Uh, this is interesting, Michael. I'm ex- very excited to see your reaction to this. I like it. I like it a lot. This is very good beer. Hmm. Uh oh. You and I are gonna tangle, sir. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to. It, it's a so far just as that first drink. It's a nice, solid, hazy IPA. Very I, much so. I'm, I haven't picked up on the coconut unless it's getting lost in the mix. How cold um, is yours? It's it is on the colder side. I did have it in a little bag that's insulated, so maybe I'll let it warm up a little bit. So I don't think you're gonna get a ton of coconut like you would in say Jesus on a coconut or. Mm-hmm. The varietal that I got from Dark Lord Day this year. Right. I feel like this is supposed to be used in a uh, a deft touch. And I think that yes. it's it's kind of banging the dents out of this IPA and kind of just smoothing over. Mm-hmm. Like I get a little bit... At the very end. At the very end. And it does kind of take the edge off a little. It kind of um, leaves an aftertaste of... A slight aftertaste of coconut. It's not like munching on an Almond Joy or something no, like no, that. No, no, not at all. Very subtle coconut aftertaste this is just it's almost like it's just a fruit beer as opposed to an ipa even though the fruit is coming from hops although yeah like el dorado and Azeka, citra did we say citra i don't remember yes yeah we said citra okay. i like this a lot no that's good um i'm still wrapping my head around it i, I so far i mean it's it's a plus though for me mm-hmm. i'm not disliking it this is a bit of a head spinner so I'm trying to find a way. It's not very bitter either. Sorry, to no, cut you off no, there. no, no, no. Please do. That's definitely one of the things that I wanted to bring up. The fact that this is not a bitter IPA at all. I think the the coconut kind of masking any bitterness that would be in there, but it's not cloyingly sweet because the fruit is not coming from any sort of adjunct. I think because it's coming from the hops, they're able to get away with the complete lack of bitterness, mm-hmm. which is fascinating yeah it's kind of like a a really solid hazy ipa but with a little perk added on there there has to be something we can compare this to i i feel like the taste is is there and i just can't put my finger on it it's like right at the tip of my tongue Hmm, something you've had before or something that tastes similar non-beer related you mean like a food like a food Hmm. like a coconut meringue almost okay coconut have you ever had like a coconut lemon meringue yeah, with kind of like toasted coconut on top of that. Yeah, it's kind of like it's it's kind of like that. A little bit. There is a the, I would say the strongest punch. You know, we talked about how this coconut is subtle, but the strongest punch is like the hop flavor. Very much so. Nice big bold burst of hops there, and it's just and that's juice all the way down. Yeah, that's where it gets the most closest to bitterness that you get, but it's really no bitter aftertaste mm. or anything. None. And so yeah, the the, the kind of stone fruity hop flavors coming forth there one thing that i don't think that we have talked well that i know we haven't talked about yet is uh this thing's 7.4 michael I, that's a packing a pretty big punch it's kind of terrifying that they could hide it this well because like that's true i'm not getting any warmth out of it mm-hmm. which is fine it's neither a plus nor a minus right i usually i feel when they do with the double ipas or ones that have you know a bunch of sugar malt liquoring it up as we've established Mm-hmm. Did it get just a little too sweet? Yeah. This one is not the case. It's not. 
maybe I'm kind of said this already, but I'll try to put it in more concrete terms. It takes that typical aftertaste of a pale ale or an IPA and turns it on its head with that coconut aftertaste. Although you wouldn't think those two flavors would necessarily combine well, it does a service for the beer overall as mm-hmm. it kind of gives you something to snack on after you've had the beer, after you swallowed it. Instead of a kind of, which to me can sometimes be a putrid flavor if it's too bitter, turns that into a more interesting dynamic taste. Agreed. Hmm. I'm trying to let it warm up a little bit. I'm trying to slow down a little bit to see if flavor changes. Maybe I'll hold it in my hand here for a little. Um, hmm. Well, shall we get on with it? I the I think the most striking aspect of this thing is how much it kind of tastes and the mouthfeel kind of feels like a session. Like it's fizzy, it's bright, mm-hmm. it's fruity. The coconut kind of throws me off and it, it does have a little bit of the the weight that you would expect with one point whatever oh seven oh gravity yeah there's aspects of it that are sessionable i re- I retract my statement after I have another had another drink you're talking about like the fizziness and the juiciness of it it is easy to drink yeah it's there it's very easy to drink quaffable, but it's not really light bodied no you're right and the, the, it is a little more complex than your usual session uh-huh. but would you consider this? In the vein of the milkshake or smoothie IPA. Yeah. Again, going back to that, strange flavors popping up in IPAs. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's approaching that line, but it's not going full bonkers in that. I, and I can't... I, I've heard mixed reviews about those types of IPAs. I can't say either way because I've not had one. Maybe you have. Uh-huh. Um, but to me, it, milkshake IPA, that sounds gross. I, again, maybe if you said coconut IPA, I would have said the same thing. And obviously that's not the case here, but... Huh. Pastry IPA sounds bizarre to me, but have you had anything of that? Oh, ilk? not yet, no. Yeah, it's kind of a newer-ish thing. I will say this, as it warms up, it's getting actually a lot better. Interesting. Are you getting more of the coconut? Just getting more flavors overall. Actually, mm-hmm. I would say the intensity of the coconut has increased, but also the intensity of the other hop flavors Mm -hmm. has increased relative to each other. They're about the same, Mm -hmm. but there's just more of both. And um, I actually like it a lot more. Now that's mildly warmer. Good. Not like British warm, but, you know, (laughs) I'm not a sicko. A warm cup of tobacco chewer's spit. Ratings, Jeremy. Uh, You want to go first, or should I? Why don't you go first? I'm going to go in for the SOJ, Michael. I'm going to give this beer a 4.25. Mm. I like the fact that they went out on a limb and did something new. I like the fact that they uh, are able to take things that should not work. Mm-hmm. This, this beer should not work, but it does, and it works extremely well. So, I mean, it kind of goes with the spirit of the collaboration beer because it's two kind of styles or, you know, two things that one wouldn't think that would go together that do go together quite well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 4.25. I dig. Yeah, I'm going to go... And while you're figuring it out, this not only passes the reach test, I believe this would pass the six-pack test, assuming it's not like 20 bucks or something for a six-pack. Right. Because I just, I can't do it. Or one of those weird, yeah, like, Uh prestige-priced beers. Thanks, Ballast Point. You ruined it. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, (laughs) I guess this is where I should thank Steve for leaving a Scorpius Morcella at my house. Ooh. Because that's... Something like $18 or something, a four-pack? Wow. But, yeah. So the the hazy base itself on this is, is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you like that type of beer. I'm 
not as big of a fan as Jeremy is, but I still like it. Yeah, you hate IPAs. <laughs> but this seems to be more flavor forward than bitter forward. Mm-hmm. And then that coconut thing just turns a little knob that just tweaks it just ever so to make it a little interesting. It's pretty indescribable. It's hard to exactly say why it works, uh-huh. but it, it just does. You know, I, I'd be curious to see if doubling the amount of coconut flavor in here would totally ruin it or make it better. Uh-huh. But, um, as far as what we have here, I'm going to give it a 4.0. Gotcha. It's good. It's uh-huh. something I would try again, and it'd be fun to have other people try it and see what they think of it. The pastry IPAs, I don't know about, but you know, if this one works, maybe those do too. We'll see. And a coffee IPA. Yeah, and you know, you said that one worked too. Worked. So maybe it's just about finding the right balance and finding the right overlap of mm. those flavors. Agreed. Here. Agreed. Yeah. In any case... That's another one down the gullet, Michael. Yes. If you want to get in touch with us, tell us about all the newfangled IPAs that you've had. You can do so in a variety of ways. You can find us on Twitter at APMPod there, facebook.com slash APMPod. Email us directly, APMPod at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Untapped, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with all of our ratings. Thank you, Mike. APMPod there as well. Rate, review, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting app. But otherwise, I think we'll leave it at that. So for... Send us what you want to think about the Dolkalax IPA that I think uh, Budweiser is putting out soon. Uh, that's appearing to a of a very narrow demographic of the constipated, constipated alcoholics who like beer. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Like, which is kind of backwards now that you think about it. Yeah, you might need something to slow down the system. You might need not, something uh, speed that process up if you're drinking a lot of beer. Man, so for Jeremy, I've been Michael. I'm confounded by this now, and I am the confounded for Michael. I've been the confounded Jeremy. <laughs> And this has been American Pale Mail. Cheers. Cheers.